Hello and welcome to Rooted and Unwithered. I'm Cole Newton. And the following is the introduction to a teaching series that um, I posted back in 2021 um, that was titled An Appearance of Godliness Dissecting the Secular Creed. And so this is the introduction to that study titled A Line in the Sand, Why Study the Secular Creed. It is my work as a Christian, but much more as a watchman, to do my best to discover the fullness of Christ, the emptiness of the creature, and the snares of the great deceiver. As a watchman, a pastor myself, each Sunday I endeavor to do those three things. Typically, moving in the order that Thomas Brooks, who gave that quote, presents them. The half-dozen teachings of this series have the same aim, yet the order is somewhat reversed. You see, rather than studying Scripture's presentation of Christ's glory and then moving into our emptiness and Satan's treachery, we'll be studying what I believe to be a snare that the great deceiver has laid for us today. I'm calling it the secular creed, but it's nothing more than a house sign, one that comes in many variations, but that has become increasingly popular as of late, but the most common one reads something like this. In this house, we believe black lives matter, women's rights are human rights, no human is illegal, science is real, love is love, kindness is everything. As we shall discuss, behind these seemingly innocent statements lay the traps of our enemy and the emptiness of human philosophy. Nevertheless, I will attempt in the end to point beyond this creed's insufficient morality to the perfection of Christ. So why study this secular creed? The simple fact that these various house signs begin with the statement, in this house we believe, means that a creedal confession is being made. The declarations that follow are doctrines, dogmas of orthodoxy that are meant to both unify and divide. Creeds can do nothing less. Staking claim in the truth of one statement necessarily challenges all opposing claims. This is clearly the purpose of our own Apostles' Creed. When we declare our belief in God, the, Al the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, we are, by that very article, denying the belief that the universe began by chance, that a multitude of gods were responsible for creation, or that the cosmos itself is eternally existent. To speak the words, I believe, or we believe, means drawing a line in the sand in order to deny other beliefs. Thus, the fact that our secular culture is finally providing us with a kind of confessional statement of faith certainly warrants a detailed look at what its beliefs are, or what constitutes orthodoxy in the religion of secularism. I'm calling this study an appearance of godliness because I believe that is exactly what the statements of the secular creed are. Paul warned Timothy of the godless that would crop up in the last day. Most are what you might expect, he says. Lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous. And then the, leap, the list keeps going, but the final description has always caught my attention. In, verse, chapter in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, Paul says, having an appearance of godliness but denying its power. This statement perfectly describes the danger that the secular creed poses. It is a form of morality only without the lawgiver. 
It looks godly, but denies God. And if that sounds like an overstatement, it is not. This household list of dogmas is an ethical and doctrinal system without any mention of God. It is godly in its appearance, and yet it denies the Almighty by His absence. A creed without God is, of course, godless. Indeed, the absence of God is also what makes it a secular creed. For secularism can only, at most, associate itself with deism. My pattern for approaching each statement will remain fairly simple. First, I will ask what we as Christians who affirm the ultimate authority of Scripture are able to affirm. And second, I will ask what we must deny as incompatible with the teaching of, God, of God's Word. So, I'll begin by looking at the statement, Black Lives Matter. Finally, allow me to give a brief word to three groups of people who may listen to these writings that will follow. First, to non-Christians. Although I'm not primarily attempting to persuade you to deny the secular creed, I certainly do pray that you would discover the fullness that is only in Christ. I certainly understand the moral appeals of statements like, kindness is everything, and yet I pray for you to see through such dim shadows to the reality in Christ. To Christians who would affirm the statements in the secular creed, I pray... Now, once we have thought deeply through the implications of these doctrines, your eyes will be open to the multitude of dangers within this worldly ethic. And to Christians who already deny the statements that follow, may these studies confirm more deeply what you already believe, and may they further strengthen you in Christ to stand against the pressures of this evil day that summon us to conform to the pattern of this world. Thank you so much for listening. For more resources for knowing and loving God's Word, please visit bcnewton.co. And until next time, grace and peace.